6: This will be filed away as an escalation in the Days of Our Lives drama that is the Cleveland Browns, which is going to be great. I'm looking forward to this all year. The Cleveland Browns will be talked about quite a bit. The saga continues in northern Ohio. Now, recently, former offensive line coach Bob Wiley did not hold back. He did not speak in politically correct terms in a radio interview. Bob Wiley former offensive line coach, Uh, let's just say he was guns ablaze about what happened last year in northern Ohio. Now, we talked about this in a previous episode of the show, and I have endorsed Freddie Kitchens. Uh, My theory on Wiley is that he was looking out for someone who's a contemporary of his, and he's also got sour grapes. He's upset because he wasn't brought back part of the Browns coaching staff. So Wiley had ripped Freddie Kitchens saying that it was actually Ken Zampezi, third man in, Ken Zampezi, the former quarterback's coach who did, quote, all the coaching the final eight games where the Browns became somewhat competitive compared to how they had done. So you probably heard about that. Well, Wiley believes that Greg Williams should have gotten the head coaching job over Freddie Kitchens. So Kitchens had the opportunity to respond for the first time this week. Since this all went down, he had the opportunity, he had the bully pulpit. Did you hear what Freddie Kitchens had to say? Were you you paying attention? If not, good news. We've got the audio tape, so we can go to the audio tape. So Kitchens was... In full vim and vigor mode, he was angry. Angry, angry, angry. It doesn't matter. Bob doesn't wear brown and orange anymore.
3: All right? I had the opportunity to hire Bob. I didn't want to. Wow.
6: See, I could have hired him. I didn't want to. And Bob Wiley might wear brown and orange. You don't know that, Freddie Kitchens. You have not been to Bob Wiley's house. You don't know that his house is not filled with a closet full of brown and orange gear. It doesn't have to be brown stuff. Who doesn't wear just brown and orange stuff randomly? All right. Anyway, here's more from the coach of the Browns. Uh, I don't have this in front of me, but I believe uh, I'm trying to remember. Here, I think Wiley. Uh, he's going to rip Wiley here. He has a motivation, I believe, right? Motivation as to why there was the dis- Why Wiley's out and why he's saying these things.
7: The days of inside information and the days of of uh,
6: unnamed sources and stuff like that have ended. So you're not going to get any information like that ever, anybody. And if I ever see it, they're fired immediately. That's the way we're running this organization. And I can take it. John Dorsey can take it. We won't crack, I promise you. All right, so anyway, that was uh, that was the not-tolerating whistleblowers. It's always a, a poop show when we play sound on this uh, program. Anyway, but he also said Bob Wiley, part of his motivation was that he was not brought back, that he had the opportunity to bring Bob Wiley back, and he didn't bring him back. All right, so let's discuss. Now, the question, who is winning the battle between Freddie Kitchens, the coach of the Browns, and Bob Wiley? Now, I give the advantage... To Bob Wiley, I'm not giving the edge to Freddie Kitchens. Now, a lot of Cleveland Brown apologists are saying, hey, I'm giving the edge to Kitchens because he came out throwing haymakers at the former coach. But my view on this, you've got the Fight Club, the Himalayan Pink Sea Salt, and the Underbelly. And we will connect everything uh, together. Now, first of all, we like Freddie Kitchens. I I would like to see uh, Kitchens do well. Uh, with the Browns, but the fact that he fired back at Wiley with such rage, you only heard a small fraction of it, that is a got to eat the L if you're the coach of the Cleveland Browns. Now, listen, it is good for business. I have mixed emotions on this because it's good for what we do here that a coach would respond in this way. But if you're looking at this objectively, despite that, Kitchens violated the first rule Of Fight Club. The first rule of Coach's Fight Club. Freddie lost the split second he responded. Not in my kitchens. Not in my kitchens. Uh, Bill Belichick, if asked... Belichick's an outlier. He's the the ogre. But if Belichick is asked a similar set of questions, here's what would have happened. Belichick would have given some grunts. He would have looked at the reporter with a death stare. He would have sighed a couple of times. He would have been silent. And then he would have said on to whoever the Patriots are playing this coming week. On to Cincinnati. Freddie Kitchens, instead of doing that, which I'm glad he he did, even though I'm ripping him, Freddie Kitchens mobilized and weaponized is what he did. And we need stuff like this. Otherwise, we're eating a vegan diet. And who wants to eat a vegan diet? I mean, mean, please. (laughs) Now, secondly, so Bob Wiley did not just use a dull butter knife, the former offensive line coach. He took a samurai sword out and sliced up uh, Freddie Kitchens with his analysis. And clearly, he touched a nerve here. That's the part of this. The fact that Kitchens responded, Wiley got to him. Wiley strategically, this was quite the hullabaloo because the uh, fact that the coach of the Browns responded, smart money says that Wiley knew that this would ignite a response. Now, he also probably thought, hey, I'm doing a, a, a radio interview here, and maybe no one will pay attention to it, and, you know, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, but this is not just some voice, uh, some, some random voice crying in the wilderness here. Wiley knows a lot of the secrets around the Browns. He was there for a decent amount of time, long enough to see the dysfunction. And insider guy. And for Freddie Kitchens, clearly this is, as we said, a, an open wound type of situation. he is standing over there. He's standing over Freddie Kitchens. The wound is open, and he's holding a container of Himalayan pink sea salt. And he's pouring that into the wound. And uh, it also reminds me, I remember reading a book about Bill Parcells years ago and the, the old school coach from a different generation. And Parcells, he he would rant and rave about how there are three battles with a team that you have to fight every single day. Division from within, which would be players unhappy with where they are in the depth chart, thinking they should be on the first team and not the second team, not being a backup. Then you've got competition from the other teams you actually have to beat, and then the third thing is outside noise, outside influences like these kind of stories—former employees, uh, family, media, agents, stuff like that. Freddie Kitchens, in this case, is falling for one of the death traps—one of the three death traps that you have to fight—and and he's like, ah, I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to I'm going to embrace it. Now, the final thought on this, so Freddie Kitchens also said he is pulling the plug on unnamed sources. One of the sound bites we played there. But I would like to address this. Now, Kitchens declared an end to leaks of insiders and unnamed sources within the Browns organization, essentially saying that anyone on the Browns coaching staff who does this will be fired on the spot and essentially decapitated. So it's tough guy talk, right? Real tough guy talk. It's like a parent scolding a child and grounding them. And you can't play video games anymore. We're tearing off the Wi-Fi. You're screwed. Uh, And and again, a lot of the Browns backers, like, this is ear candy. They're They're all excited. Unfortunately, that wouldn't change this. Like, Bob Wiley put his name on it. Like, this is not an unnamed source some former Cleveland Browns person, who former NFL coach. Bob wileys he was in the interview. He was introduced. And many people around the NFL. Here's the other thing, which you talk about a lot of chutzpah. There are a number of people around the NFL that believe that Freddie Kitchens himself in the past has worked as a deep throat, that he's one of these guys that leaked negative information to the media. There were several people that attempted to undermine and eventually did undermine Hugh Jackson, who was – buddy-buddy with a number of media people, but there were other people that believed that guys like Freddie Kitchens are at least people of interest who leak stuff out, negative stories about Hugh Jackson coaching the Browns. And so and we, we haven't gotten to the bottom of that, but if you peel the curtain back on the seedy underbelly of professional sports, NFL teams use this kind of leaking of information all the time. Now, people use it to try to get jobs if they want someone fired who's ahead of them. They will leak negative information to the media to get somebody fired. But teams do it also to try to light a fire under a player. They'll leak negative information. I think you know that. That's how this goes on. It happens all the time. And hell, even the patron saint, Bill Belichick, he's got some older sports writers that are his cronies that are the mouthpiece to the media. And he's got a direct uh, direct line to those particular people. If he wants to get a story out about a certain Patriot player, Belichick knows how to play the game. That's how it's played. So it's nice of Freddie Kitchens to say no more unnamed sources. But the reality is that's not how it's going to work out. All right, this is the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold, 9-5 to Corporate Jar Jar. The mad F-bomber of sports fodder, Gated Garcia. This is interesting because Bob Wiley
4: is a guy who's coached all over the place at a lot of different levels. He's got a lot of friends in the business. Uh, I would think a guy like that generally... Would not make these types of comments. So I don't know if he just feels like, you know, I'm not going to get another job in the NFL. So well, He's 68 well, I care. years old. Yeah. Mean, the
6: chances of him getting another job at but, this point. Well, but are, he does have a lot of great. friends
4: in football. You think, you know, they look out for each other and all well, that.
6: Well, I kind watched of stuff. the Kitchens news conference, and Kitchens is like, he's threatened to retire, you know, for years, and he, you know, so he finally is not in the league. And he intimated that, you know, this, the reason that Wiley didn't come back was because he had been threatening to retire. But before he coached the Browns, he was with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah. Solid, and he's he's coached for multiple teams in the Canadian football. Yeah, league. he's he's all over the place. He's a he's a lifer. He started in coaching Bob Wiley because I, I, you tuned into Sports Radio to hear a deep dive on Bob Wiley. Uh, he started in coaching in 1980, and he has consistently been employed. I think all the way through. I don't think he even had a gap year. Since uh, 1980, he's had a job somewhere. That's a good run. That's a, a 40, almost 40 year run coaching in the football ranks. Some of that college, some of that the NFL. But uh, anyway, so that's that's the story out of Cleveland, which is good. And we've got hard knocks coming up tomorrow, which is not about the Browns, it's about the Raiders. Also a team that Bob Wiley worked for. He passed through Oakland was uh, an offensive line coach for the Raiders, one of the many offensive line coach for the Raiders back in the day. Be
5: sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
8: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton, is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're right? like, you know, who's to watch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
3: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
6: So we are about a month away from real football. In fact, we're exactly 30 days, 30 days from today, the first actual NFL game Will kick off the Green Bay Packers and who? That's right. Uh, the uh, actually, it's a little. I think it's a little more than that. Uh, the uh, The Packers' hundredth anniversary is thirty nine days from today. Actually, no, it is thirty days. Green Bay and Chicago, September fifth, twenty nineteen, will be the kickoff. So it's thirty days from today now, and the the NBA sixty one days from exhibition basketball. So what better time than now, the present, to discuss. The Clippers! But it's not the current Clippers, it's the old Clippers. Because of the the Clippers heading into next season as the presumptive favorites to win the NBA championship, the uh, the betting line in Vegas, Uh, this is a chance to go back down memory lane. Blake Griffin, a stalwart from the previous incarnation of the Clippers, uh, was asked recently about that era as a guardian of uh, the, the the people's team with the Clips. Now, it's what he said that has people buzzing. All right? What he said had people buzzing. If you, if you didn't hear this, and I, I don't know that it made the rounds completely, uh, you might have missed it, so I'll get you caught up to speed. Uh, Here is a quote. Now, just imagine that I am Blake Griffin. I am not, but just imagine I'm Blake Griffin, currently with your Detroit Pistons. Here's what Blake said about the Clips in his era. He said, quote, we ultimately didn't accomplish anything. In sports, that's how you get measured. If they succeed, talking about Kawhi and Paul George, they'll be the ones who really turned the franchise around and actually solidified them as not the same franchise that it was back in the day. Close quote. All right, so... The, the key parts of that we didn't accomplish anything, and you know that if the Clippers win with these guys, then then they will be the ones. All right, so let's discuss the question: Do you agree with Blake Griffin and his theory on Lob City and that era of Clipper basketball that they quote didn't accomplish anything? Now, I strongly disagree. I strongly disagree. Now, Blake Griffin. <laughs> I'll walk you through this, but you've got paper cuts, ripple, and groundwork. And we'll lock all this together. Really what Blake Griffin was doing was throwing red meat out to the Championship Defenders League. Because they eat this stuff up. You know, the meatheads, gotta get a chip, gotta get a chip. Uh, that that crowd, uh, they love this stuff. But I'm not part of that crowd. Uh, I'm going to push back against... Blake Griffin, he's clearly frustrated. He is stuck in a cul-de-sac with the Detroit Pistons. It's going nowhere fast. I know they made the playoffs last year, and they got just stomped on like a grape by the Milwaukee Bucks in the postseason last year. But this is about the Clips. And the fact that he's in a dead-end street right now does not diminish what happened when he was one of the sheriffs in Clipperland. And those Lob City teams that Blake Griffin was a headliner on set the foundation for what has happened now. From 2011 to 2017, the Clippers had the NBA's third-best record behind the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. And in that time frame, they beat Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, the greatest dynasty in NBA history. The Clippers beat them in a seven-game series. With Blake Griffin, with Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan. They also knocked out... Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and the Spurs in a seven-game series. Now, clearly, they didn't get as far as they should have gotten. I'm not going to disagree with that. They buckled in the final moments of several playoff series. It was death by a million paper cuts. It wasn't one single thing that was their kryptonite. Chris Paul had a key turnover in one game. Blake Griffin missed a big shot in another game. DeAndre Jordan was in the wrong spot. And he screwed up, and all these blunders collectively led to the downfall, and the pain is still real. There's no excuse for blowing a 3-1 to lead to Josh Smith and Corey Brewer of the Houston Rockets. It wasn't James Harden. It wasn't the headliners on that era of the Houston Rockets. It was Josh Smith and Corey Brewer, a couple of backups, That rallied back from 15 points down in the fourth quarter. That's demoralizing. But the second thing, as we chat here on Fox Sports Radio, so those electrifying Clipper teams, that led to what I like to call the ripple effect, which has provided a path for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to both meet up and form Voltron with the Clippers. And he said, well, they would have gone there anyway because they're from uh, Southern California. I don't agree with that. If the Clippers had been like they had been for the first 30 years the franchise was in Los Angeles, they would not have chosen to go to play for the Clippers and find basketball salvation. And and they both competed against Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin, the Lob City Clippers. They took note that you can win a lot of games not – wearing a Laker uniform, but with a Clipper uniform in L.A. And the, the the biggest flaw in Blake Griffin's argument is that, yeah, they didn't win a championship that year, the Clippers, but the National Basketball Association talks about entertainment. And nobody was more entertaining, dollar for dollar, than the Clippers with the slam dunks and all that. They were wicked good as far as entertainment. Those alley-oop passes, Chris Paul to DeAndre for the hammer dunk. Blake Griffin with the Widowmaker dunk over Timothy Mosgoff, who was with the Knickerbockers at the time. You know what that is? Sexy is what that is. That is sex appeal. And in the era where the, the Clippers, if you look at this, they left a trail of, of body bags of, of NBA players who dared to try to stop them from the dunk party that they were having against everybody. In the old school game, the term was posterized. But now we don't use that term anymore, so now you've been turned into a meme. Uh, You're not posterized anymore because who's putting posters up? You're turned into a meme. Now the final point here. So I'm going to be very clear because I know I'm going to get some pushback on this. For the uneducated fan of the NBA, those people say, well, if the Clippers do win, it's all Kawhi Leonard and and Paul George and, and forget about anything that happened before that. But anyone who had witnessed Lob City, And what that team was like. Well, remember that Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin provided the groundwork for the team, the franchise, to turn around. They did something that seemed to be impossible. They made the Clippers cool. They were hip. It was literally hip to clip starting with that era of, of the Clippers. And younger people were like, hey, I like the Clippers. I'm into it. They changed the culture of the team, and you know, they they put that crude era of of the uh, the Clippers before that. Twenty six years in L. A., they had only finished at five hundred a couple of times. I think they were below five hundred uh, either twenty five or twenty four the the first twenty six years they were in L. A. Before Blake Griffin arrived, the first year they weren't that great, but then after that, they won when, when Blake Griffin arrived. No fewer than fifty one games every year. The rest of the time. And after he debuted, Blake Griffin with the Clippers, they had six consecutive winning seasons, regular playoff appearances, and uh, and and you know nothing to sneeze at. So they went in that run. They went from doormats to like a mid-level type NBA team, a respectable franchise, no longer a punchline anymore. And it's it's kind of like they flipped roles. I, I'll, I'll give you an example here. Uh, the Clippers were terrible. The Clippers are like the Phoenix Suns are right now. It's like they flipped roles with the Phoenix Suns. The Suns had some exciting teams. They had good players. They got close you know, uh, several times. I know in the past they'd gotten to the NBA Finals, but I'm talking about from the 1980s, onward uh, with different stars that had come through Phoenix and all that and they didn't win a championship and the Charles Barkley team lost in the NBA finals to the Chicago Bulls but Phoenix used to have these exciting players and they were a fun team to watch but they didn't win all that much but they were a competitive team now the Clippers are like that and they're going to take the next step with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George so I disagree with Blake Griffin, it's a bad job by him. But I know he did it because you know people will throw, oh, it's okay, Blake. We I like you more now because you didn't get a chip and you admitted to it and you back up our false beliefs as morons. Uh, we say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, solid gold, 9-5 to 5, corporate Jar Jar, the mad F-bomber of sports fodder, Gated Garcia. It's right uh, over there. Yeah. So you like to brag about how you're not a part of this
4: championship defenders league. Thing. I'm so not. What what is it about then in sports if we're not you know if the quest isn't for the championship and everything else is kind of not really that important? What what is I don't what, yeah, what is exactly, this all yeah, about? Yeah. I don't but, I don't get it.
6: I mean, Just like this is a little too deep for you, titles, you guys, but uh, it's uh, it's about the journey, not the destination. Oh come on, Ben. <laughs> it's about both, Ben. <laughs> No, it's about the journey. The it's Dodgers are having a great season. If they don't win the World Series, it it's doesn't about, mean Jack. It's about Thank the journey. Thank you, Roberto. It's about the journey. You, see, you guys don't, It's too nuanced for you guys. You can't understand this. You guys are all like, hey, did he win the chip? You, you, ha- you have to chip. have never
1: won a championship in order to understand what Ben's saying.
6: Uh, again, that's again Koopa Loop over there who's uh, following a dumpster diving team over there. Hey, it's Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. But it's a great journey for the Lakers,
4: then, right? It's, it's all about the journey. Yeah, Don't it's they a have long a long no, journey?
6: Well, their journey's not going the right direction, though. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, What's the year? right direction? If, if, it, if, it, uh, doesn't, uh, yeah, if it doesn't, yeah, I think, end I think where being you the be. presumptive favorites to win the NBA championship is a is the right. I uh, thought I thought I in. thought the championship doesn't matter, man. Well, you want to be the favorite, though. You want to be. oh I mean, you'd like to win a championship. But it's not. Listen, the fact that Clippers <laughs> Rip, are relevant. This is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, not, um, on, you man. guys, you don't, you don't understand. Even Phil yes, Jackson. We we're the ones who are in Phil the Phil Jackson, on this. who won all those championships, championships with the championships Chicago Bulls. And he won with the damn Knicks. That's how old Phil Jackson He's won one with the Knicks. And Jackson used to rant about that. Just, you enjoy the journey, not just the destination. You enjoy the trip, the journey. You, the you, you and Phil the Jackson, I, like smudging together. I mean, yes. Are you kidding me?
4: We, we had a Zen like moment. You're a hippie. You're a hippie yes like am, Phil Jackson. Yes, I am. I'm a hippie
6: like Phil oh Jackson. Exactly. Gosh, he I'm you enjoy, dude. He can
1: say that you out, enjoy the journey because he got to. To the destination.
6: You don't enjoy the journey when you don't get there. I respectfully disagree. You guys are wrong, but it's okay. You're like a lot of meathead (laughs) sports fans. You guys are all like that. You guys are the typical cookie-cutter sports fan. That's fine. I'm more nuanced than you. I can see the light of day. You guys can't see the light of day. I can. I I, I can absolutely see I I think you're pretty in the dark on this one. Uh, I am not. Again, I enjoy the journey. The whole point is I enjoy to win. The it I'm trying all.
4: to enjoy the journey, but if you if you suck at the end and you don't get the I'm job in, done, I'm well, enjoying the Dodgers' you, so journey you, right can now. Can you imagine what Ben would say if after the Super Bowl, some guy who was on the losing team said? Ah, but the journey was really great. Who, who cares if we lost the
6: game? The journey but was you great. But you don't understand. Let me explain. Something. You don't understand. Uh, uh, this is too hard for you, okay? Oh, the on. Clippers were pond scum for many, many years. We're well aware of that. Blake Griffin and that era of Lob City made them the cool kids. They were the cool kids. They it were It is relevant. a step on the That's journey nice, to what the ultimate will be a championship. But it's a st- I'm enjoying the journey because that made them a relevant team and it annoys people like cool Loop over there, and Roberto, Laker historians, they get annoyed. They're tri- look how upset these guys get because I point this out. They're they're annoyed by this. They're pushing we, we, back. I, I think I'm, in, I'm enjoying, enjoying the Dodger is. journey right now, but if, ultimately, if they don't win the World Series, it was for nothing. Well, look, the Atlanta Braves in the '90s made the playoffs at pretty much every year, and they were in the World Series seemingly as I remember, like every other year they were in the World Series. They only won one championship. It was a great era of Atlanta Braves baseball, Whoa, but what the what great it was journeys wonderful. they had. It was There was a, the three Hall of Fame you pitchers. You think Braves fans got, think yes. back, man, what a great
4: journey it yes. was? Or, or man, yes. we sure yes. should have won a lot yes. more championships yeah. as one. Atlanta Braves, is the point. they're win one. They got the Clippers. are going to gonna win one. So it's a point. They're
7: going to
6: win. But you don't care. Not that you care. What's that? Not that you care well, if well, they no, win one. It doesn't affect my life. I don't work for the team. It's not like I'm going to get any more money out of the deal or anything like that. There's nothing. It's good for the players. They get a
4: ring. Some people enjoy things that don't actually have I can enjoy it. But it's not,
6: like, how does it benefit me? Like, I it like the Dodgers to it win. It makes you happy? i would be yeah, I'm yeah, happy,
1: ben I'm a happy person Ben doesn't care so much <laughs> that every time he mentions the World Series He
6: calls it a tie It was yeah, a tie could. The 2017 <laughs> World Series was a tie Koopa You Koopa. couldn't be more full They played seven games And both teams garbage. scored the same number of runs I know that's mind-blowing But that's simple malor math If both teams score the same number of runs Nobody won the series, it's a tie It's May- kiss maybe, your sister maybe the It's the silliest Maller monologue ever I think it was a great Mahler monologue. It was breathtaking. It was dramatic. You know what, Eddie? It Somebody. was groovy. The Mahler monologue was groovy. Somebody's, I have a respect yeah. for Blake Griffin. Somebody get Ben yes. a tie-dyed shirt. Yeah, I, I'm all, yeah, get me a bong. I'm all for it, yes. <laughs> well, Coop's got one for Absol- his car, oh, I'm yeah. sure.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> gotta have one for the car, you know, just in case. All right. Uh, let's uh, quick quickly go to the phones because, you know, it's so important to take these phone calls. It's so important to take these phone calls. Uh, let's say hello to uh, cashing a golden ticket not far away from our Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We say hello to Trick go Rick. To take- Who's up next? Hello, Rick. Hey, I've got a golden ticket. I've got a hey, uh, Ben. I'm at the
5: point of no return. I need your advice on behalf of the Malam militia. I'm getting ready to drive home, and I want to blow in the phone. You tell me if I should call Uber or a cab or just go
9: ahead and drive.
6: All right, uh, you would like to do this, uh, 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 Roberto? Do you have the machine uh, ready over here? Ready to go? All right, ready. Here we go. Uh, very, very gusty there. Uh, let's see. What's it say? Uh, oh, he's drunk. You're drunk. Do not drive, Rick. Call Uber right now. <laughs> all right, all right, you're no, intoxicated. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. But you got to look okay, out for numero you know, uno, then. man, not the pizza place. No, you my got- no, 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 no. What?
5: I miss, I miss, uh, Roberto's, uh, wall of drops. So I'm going to play a game with you if you want for like 10 seconds. Guess that drop. Uh, okay. When I think about the players and the playoffs, Mike Johnson gets hard.
6: Yeah, I mean that's a version. That's the, that's the. <laughs> wow, you I'm, really, you really are. I, am, know, I know you're in right. Liberty. That's the great Enos Cantor there. Right? I <laughs> love your balls. Okay. <laughs> you don't like this, Eddie? You <laughs> no, don't like where this is going? No, I sure don't. All right, take your trick. Yeah, go have another beer. Chan is in uh, Nashville. Hello, Chan. On. Yo, Chan. What's going on? They talk to me. All what's right, up?
8: Man. I gotta say, Ben Mallory, you are killing me, man. I gotta agree with the fellas on this one. This whole, you, you set the kids up for failure, man. It's like it's like giving a kid a trophy for finishing second. No, no, I didn't
6: goal give. Goal. I, no, 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 Chan. Listen, you get get a get a, a, a damn Q-tip and clean out your eardrums. Okay, <laughs> listen to me. All right, I didn't say you celebrate this, but I'm saying it is a step on the journey to greatness. The Clipper franchise turned around under the Lob City years with Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan. They did. No, it's like, they did. A, they were they were the, the most trophy. popular. They were on TNT every night. No. Everyone wanted to watch the Clippers.
8: No, it, yeah, it's fun to watch, but you didn't win nothing. Ricky Bobby told
6: you, if you're not first, you're last. Okay, all right, now we're quoting Ricky Bobby. All right, go away, I'm blowing you up, all right? <laughs> my God, unearthly, uh, what are you, uh, Ricky Bobby we're not quoting? Co- oh, my God. That's what I'm dealing with. All right? That's what I'm dealing I got the, uh, these people. These are the people I'm fighting against. And I know there's many more people like me that understand the nuance Sports radio is not a format that provides much nuance. It's not. But I am providing nuance, and people can't seem to grasp that. But I know you're out there. I'm aware of
5: that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
9: The National Sales Event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
6: All right, let's get to the third degree, okay? Please, hit the music.
5: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
0: Cool.
1: <laughs> Over the weekend, TMZ caught up with ex-Saints wide receiver Lance Moore. Moore was asked about Michael Thomas' new contract, and he said that the Saints wouldn't be a playoff team without him this season. Ben, we're all fans of Michael Thomas here on this show,
6: but does he make that big of an impact? All right, so here's the thing uh, uh, Michael Thomas. A, I, I like. this is a tremendous amount of hubris from Lance Moore. He's also wrong. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to push back on this. Uh, and and Thomas deserved the contract and was rewarded for his work. And we are, as you said, fans of, of him. But we learned from the Patriots and other teams around the NFL that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Like, if you're a really good team... If the Saints had lost Michael Thomas to injury last year, they still would have been a really good team. And B, New Orleans, if you were to, say, break up the the pie and what percentage of the pie does Michael Thomas get, what credit, the credit pie, if you will, I'm going to give him about 15%. I believe if Thomas was out, the Saints would be about 15% worse than they are with Michael Thomas. Now, how did I come up with that number? All right, I'll give you the methodology here. Last season, the Saints ran 1,010 offensive plays. Thomas, I wrote it down, Thomas was targeted on 147 plays, so about about 15%, a little less than 15%. So if he wasn't there, now someone else would have gotten those throws, maybe not all of them, they would have spread the ball around to Alvin Kamara and some others, uh, but I disagree with Lance Moore. All right, next... Now,
1: the Washington Wizards have offered Bradley Beal a three-year, $111 million contract extension. Now, the consensus for most is that he'll turn it down and test the open market in 2021. However, John Wall told the media that he's confident Beal will sign. Ben, what do you think
6: Beal will end up doing? All right, so here's what I, I believe. Beal's going to decline. All right? That's the thing. Number one, Bradley Beal is getting pressure from outside sources here who are meddling with him, they are feeding him all kinds of propaganda to convince him to look for greener pastures, right? The greener pastures are to not accept the contract. And and two, this is a simple economic situation. Hundred and eleven million dollars is a lot of Hanukkah guilt. That's a lot of cash. But If Bradley Beal can sneak on to an all-NBA team this season, even if it's like the second or third all-NBA team, I believe you are eligible for the Supermax contract, which is in the ballpark of $250 million. So do you take $111 million or do you play one more year knowing that you'll get at at least that much money anyway and gamble on the extra $140 million plus... If he waits, he could play on a better team, which is more fun because you win more games. It's more fun to be on a good team than the Washington Wizards, who stink. All right, next. Now, DJ
1: LeMahieu has been having a great season for the Yankees, and apparently his fans think so, too. Now, fans at Yankee Stadium have begun MVP chants before he comes to bat. Now, LeMahieu admitted that the chants are a bit distracting, but are they deserved, Ben?
6: Yeah, I'm on Team Uh I am on Team Lemayhew. He is breaking the mold here. You are supposed to, first of all, you're supposed to stay away from Rockies players when they leave Coors Field. My entire life, guys that have left the Rockies, their numbers have gone down, down, down. They do the limbo. How low can you go when they leave Coors Field in Denver? That's typically how it turns out. But it, it's kind of like Mozart without the piano. But guess what? Spoiler alert, DJ Lemayhew brought the piano with him to Yankee Stadium. He has been the exception of the rule. DJ LeMahieu has been better in the Bronx than he was in the mile-high altitude of Denver. Since early June, he is batting .365. .365 over the last two months for DJ LeMahieu. That is insane. And secondly, if you look around at the other candidates for the MVP in the American League, guys are having really good years, most of them have check marks against them. Either they're on second division teams, shout out Mike Trout, or they've been ravaged by injuries like many of those guys on the Houston Astros that have missed big chunks of games. Lemayhu has been relatively healthy, he's put together a bunch of highlight reels, he's a good defensive player, he's on pace to hit 25 home runs, drive in 100 runs plus, and win a batting title. So, yeah, well, I think the Yankees are overrated, not D.J. LeMayhew. He is the leader. He's in the pole position to win the American League MVP award. There it is, Mallard to the third degree. How did we do? Benny passes it. That's a winner. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Fox Sports Radio
5: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Yo, let's now, <laughs> Mallers Mountain of Money. That's right.
9: Oh Lord, that's a lot of money.
5: Do you have what it takes to get to the top?
6: Probably not. All right, Mallers Mountain of Money. Let's welcome in our contestants. First of all, we have uh, Joseph in uh, Southern California in the San Gabriel Valley. Hello, Joseph. Hey guys, how's it going? going. You're in West Covina, is that right, uh, Joseph? Yeah. yeah. How's, how's life in West Covina?
7: It's uh, hot right now, so it's good.
6: Yeah, all right. And tell the guy in Beaver Dam who's got a friend in Punxsutawney who knows somebody in Rancho Cucamonga what you do for a living.
5: I am a delivery driver. That's right. Now. You've
6: played. You've called before and you've played the game, right? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. got you. All right, hold on a sec, Joseph. You're going to play and we have Riff. In Idaho, this is not a name I, rec- I recognize. This appears to be a new caller. Hello, Riff. Uh, new caller, yes. Wow. here. Very exciting. What part of Idaho are you in, Riff? Uh, Boise. Oh, that's the big city, right? That's the big headline city there in Boise. That's the Smurf turf. That's right. That's what you're known for, this, the, uh, the blue astroturf there. You're grandfathered okay. in, right? No one else can do that, Riff. You're the only ones allowed to do that, Boise State. Nobody else can have the blue turf anymore
5: and i had a thing for smurfette growing up so well,
6: it's perfect it's perfect are Uh-oh. the are the cheerleaders blue also no i've only been to one game so i'll get back to you in a couple weeks right. well if you have enough drinks they are they are blue if uh, yeah all right what do you do for a living there in boise riff
5: hello voice acting here and there
6: oh really oh huh. there's, there's a big market for that in boise Not really, but everything's online now. Oh, okay. That's true. That's right. You can do it anywhere you want. Have an internet connection. As long as the Wi-Fi is working, you're good. Yeah, I got you. All right. Very good. Hold on a sec. So, Joseph, you can play with me, Ben. You can play with Eddie, Roberto, or Koopa Loop. Who do you want to partner up with?
9: I will go with my fellow Mexicano, Roberto. All
6: right. So, it'll be Roberto. Put down Roberto and uh, Joseph. Hold on a sec there. Uh, Joseph, and Riff, who do you want to partner up with, Riff, on this show?
5: The man who knew Jim Carrey when Jim Carrey was still famous.
6: All right, so you picked Koopa Loop. Wow. All right, look at that. Eddie, we're out, Eddie. We're not popular. Eddie. Nobody wants <laughs> to play with us, Eddie. I blame, some new some I new blood. Me. New blood. There you go. All right. So it's going to be the Lucille Ball edition. There's nothing more contemporary than Lucille Ball. She uh, would have been
1: 108 years old today. Ben. That's what
6: I said. Contemporary, right? <laughs> Cowboy will
1: be
4: remor- reminding us of that later. We're
6: trying to relate to the 18 to... Uh, 54 demographic. Well, actually, the 18 to 35 demographic, and there's nothing more relevant than Lucille Ball. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, so, so that's why we'll do it. So anyway, uh, Joseph, the, the cat- let me give you the categories. You guys can pick the categories first, and then we'll get to the game. These right. are all famous episodes from uh, I yeah. Love Lucy. All right, the categories are Lucy Does a TV Commercial, Job Switching, Hollywood at Last, and Pioneer Woman. Joseph, pick your first category.
5: Uh, Let's go with Pioneer Woman.
6: Pioneering uh, Pioneer Woman. All right, very good. That'll be uh, your category. What about you, Riff? Uh,
5: Lucy does a TV commercial.
6: Okay, so Lucy does a TV commercial. Everyone, stay in place. No one leave their position. Everyone, stay right there. We will have Mallers Mountain of Money in its entirety. We'll get to that, and we will do it next. And back to it, we go. It is Mallers Mountain of Money, the Lucille Ball edition. The teams have been set. We've got Riff. In Idaho, and he has teamed up with none other than the Koopa Loop. And Roberto and Joseph, they are the team that's going to go first. The category that you guys are going to play with, Pioneer Woman. Now, each word, you're trying to find the name. Now, these athletes actually know their way around a kitchen. That's the clue on this. And we start out with 10 points for the first one 20, 30, 40, 60, 80, and 100. We must get the first and last name. First and last name. All right, Roberto, put 45 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Everyone clear their throat. And uh, you are on your way. Go! Greatest quarterback
7: of all times with the Patriots right now. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Greatest, greatest, one of the greatest athletes of all time. He ended his career with the Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, uh 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 pass. Oh man strike out strikeout king play for the Texas Rangers, win a World Series with the New York Mets. Uh pass. Then, Did you say pass? <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> Power Forward with the Phoenix Suns played with Steve Nash. He wore goggles.
5: Uh, uh, the check.
7: No. Oh, this is good. Well, um, mm-hmm. Uh Mark Amari Sonemeyer. There you go. Hey. All right. X Packer. X wide receiver for the Bay Packers. He's with the Cowboys right now. I'm gonna get that one. <laughs> oh, oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, that's a
6: solid fifty. Oh, yeah, that is yeah, a yeah. solid fifty. There you got Tom Brady. You didn't get Bo Jackson Jesus. or Nolan Ryan. Oh my god! You did get Amari Stoudemire, but you didn't get Randall cuffs that's fifty, right, Eddie? In my math, you oh, are. I, that's Randall correct. Cops.
9: Yeah, Randall Cops. All
6: right. Well, that's a very. Well, I I'll tell you what. I know coops over there is shaking in his boots. No, it's a not. tough <laughs> score to beat. Fifty. <laughs> there's that is a, there's very a difficult. puddle under uh, That's on right me. Now. That's on me. All right. Hold on a sec, Joseph. We'll see. Well,
1: I have a first time. Caller as a partner So you never know How it'll how no, go no, Come on
5: Are you there Riff Are you there hey, Can I drop Can I drop a little Lucille ball Did you know
6: knowledge No 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 time for we that. Don't, Yeah we don't have time
1: all right. we, gotta, we gotta beat them if,
6: if you win We'll let you Yeah, yeah. Alright the yeah. category yeah. Is uh, Lucy does a TV commercial These athletes were using Supplements other than vitamins No uh, What Other than and vegemin Come on Ben You don't watch Lucy N- Alright No I don't <laughs> <laughs> Alright all right, go all right. ahead Go ahead. Uh, 45 seconds on the clock. Loop, oh you're up with Riff, and you're on your way. Go. He's with J.Lo, a former Yankee. Alex Rodriguez.
1: Yes. Uh, this guy is like the all-time doping master. Uh, won a bunch of Tour de France titles. Lance Armstrong. Yes. A former Cub. He got caught with cork in his bat. He also did a bunch of steroids. Sammy Sosa. Yes. They're in the lead. This guy wrote the book on steroids. Literally. Former Bash Brother. Jose Caseco. Yes. Very nice. Uh, This guy was a a defensive end for the Panthers. He left, went to the Bears, then came back to the Panthers. Kevin Green? No, his last name is like a a spicy, uh, you know, Mexican food. (laughs)
6: Races <laughs> <Rich is laughs> Terrible clue. No, oh, okay. It's not a bad clue. Uh <clears throat> all right. that didn't work though. But, but it's not like a vegetable. It's just like a- Yeah, you didn't get Julius Peppers, but you did get Canseco, Sosa, Armstrong, Rodriguez. What is that Eddie? Well, it's one hundred. One hundred. All right. So a fifty point lead, a low scoring game. Roberto, can you get more than fifty? are no, gonna I don't go. Know. We'll see. All right, so uh let's Let me guess uh, let's see here. They put Joseph punched that button up. Hello, Joseph. Are you there, Joseph? Yeah, yeah. All right, right all right. Yeah, you going to do a lot better here. You got job switching or Hollywood at last. Pick your poison.
9: Uh, jobs job
6: switching. All right, job switching. These former athletes got regular jobs after their playing days. 45 seconds on the clock. We need first and last name. Good luck. You're on your way. Go. NBA power
7: forward, nicknamed the Mailman. Played with the Utah Jazz. Um uh
9: Oh, 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 come on, man! Oh, All right,
7: nickname a baseball player by the name of the unit. played for the Mariners, played for the Yankees, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Threw a, a perfect game with the Diamondbacks. He said, "Pass." Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex quarterback for the quarterback for the University of Texas played with played a great game against USC when they won the Rose Bowl. Vinciang, Vinciang,
6: Vinciang. Wow, I knew that one.
7: Uh, this guy. This is for the lead. Uh, Catcher for the New York Yankees Won a World Series Won three World Series Switch hitter uh, Alex No switch hitter
6: Catcher
9: Um uh. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a Yankee
6: fan. You're not a sports fan. Yeah. Uh,
9: <laughs>
6: Carl, Carl Malone is the mailman, oh, the, the uh, second leading scorer in NBA history. You didn't get that. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> Randy Johnson, oh, that uh, the, terrible, the big dude. unit Hall of Fame pitcher, oh, Randy Johnson. Well, you didn't know Nolan Ryan either. Yeah, well, it didn't, we didn't work out for you, Joseph. We like you. Oh, thanks yeah, for having Yeah, Nice thanks, guy. Never, nice guy. Never play the game again, yeah. please. Uh, but uh, Riff. You win, you want to do a quick Lucille Ball <laughs> yeah. impersonation to the winner goes the spoils. Go ahead. Oh, I wanted to drop some
5: Lucille Ball knowledge. Did you know, Ben? Yeah. Did you know? What? That if for are not Lucille Ball convincing CBS to renew one sci-fi show called Star Trek, we would not have the amazing Picard series coming out this next year.
1: I did not?
6: I didn't know that. I, I no. didn't know about that. It, wasn't, wasn't ben it like ben there, doesn't know about the new series Wasn't it like the first time a uh, male and a woman was in bed together was on Lucille Ball. No, show? No, they oh, were separate beds. Oh, separate beds? Yeah. I thought at the end. The, no, I'm wrong. Oh, maybe. Huh. You watched the show. I didn't watch it. So. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.